welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Somaru. Hey everybody and welcome to another throwback episode of the Health Tech Podcast. We have been doing a few more of these recently, as you will have noticed. It was always part of the plan, but we have had a few cancellations and things like that. It happens, uh, so we are doing another one this week. Um, and this week we're talking about a few different things, talking about co-founders, we're talking about MVPs and how to create one, and we're going to talk about success-focused AI. And I have a clip for you here from episode 267, which is the story of Opika, where I had two guests, Dr. Kate Cordell and Ken Connect, and they are both the co-founders of Opika. Um, and what Opika does, it is so interesting what Opika does. It is, and Kate actually talks about this towards the end of this clip, but it's success-focused AI is what she calls it, or AI that finds patterns of success. And it finds those patterns of success in electronic medical records, electronic health records. So it's going to go in to those records. It's going to find all the data that's useful in those systems. And it's going to create what they call this visual journey map or this visual story map of where that patient is in the system. Now, what that is for is to give this really holistic view as to who that patient is and particularly what is going to influence their care because this AI is going to have a look at all the new patients in the system, compare them to all of the old patients in the system and to see what helped and what worked for them on their journey through the system. And I think the reason that this is really interesting is very mental health focused, firstly. But secondly, it looks at things like the patient's circumstances, their cultural beliefs, their traumatic experiences that they might have had previously, their past needs, uh, their family and their family's needs and things like that. So this system really, truly understands these people as whole people. And also, Kate and Ken talk about how they as individuals have got very complementary skills and what brought them together as co-founders. So you can hear a bit, a bit about that on this. But yeah, have a listen to this clip and I'll see you on the other side. How did you go from an idea to reality on this? What were the first things that you guys did together to create an MVP or did you have to raise capital? I mean, how, how did you go about those early days of... Uh, just before the engine starts purring of a business, what was that initial bit like, I suppose, building that initial engine? Yeah. So, you know, we had, I, I had personally spent five or six years at that point building technology solutions, you know, for various agencies and organizations, you know, to, to begin to solve this problem here, there, hither, tither, you know, as there were roadblocks, um, they would use a consultant and, and I'd come in and, and, you know, stitch data together to try to help them see across, you know, different areas of their business so that they could get a more clear and whole picture of the people they were serving. When Ken came on board, we, I was doing a project where, you know, this was for uh, a Department of Social Services at the state level. And, you know, again, they were, they were trying to see across um, in unified formation, in this case for, you know, foster youth with mental illness or mental disorders. And 
I had that vision. And, and as I mentioned, Ken saw it. And so he took my vision, which was really scratches on paper. And I just want to give him credit. I wouldn't do that. I would never have been able to do this by myself. Um, I really did need a co-founder. I know there's a lot of folks out there that are like single founders or, you know, maybe they have a co-founder, maybe they're looking for one. I would have never gotten off the ground without a co-founder. I really needed somebody to bounce the ideas off and take what was formulaic in my mind because I'm, you know, I love math. I'm very, you know, AI math oriented. And so I could write on a piece of paper, here's the formula we need to implement, but how do I bring that to life so that an end user, you know, who maybe doesn't like math <laughs> feels like they can engage with the solution. So I'll pass it to you, Ken, but he, he took my chicken scratch and they literally were pieces of printer paper. I would draw stick figures and formulas on. I'm not kidding. And I would hand them to him and say, can you bring this? This is what I'm envisioning. <laughs> You know, the person's going to engage with the software like this and it's going to do that. And I'd have arrows. I should have said I should have framed some of them. I had I would. That's how we engage. And I said, can you bring that to life? And and then here's some of the things I've built in the past. So I would just throw at him, you know, here's some of the problems I've solved. Here's some paper of how to stitch it together. Ken, what can you come up with? <laughs> yeah. And, and Kate's absolutely right. You know, you, you know, a lot of people are usually they like math or hate math. I hate math. I appreciate it, but I hate it. I'm, I'm the creative guy, so I'm the one who, uh, you know, I loved writing. I love, you know, I love music. Obviously, he was a DJ, but I've, uh, I'm more in tune with my creative side. So that's why I think we're Kate and I are such a good, uh, good team. Uh, you know, like she said, she draws stuff on on scratch paper, and I can take it and kind of build something that's, you know, the the world sees as something that's beautiful and is user friendly. So our, our first project was was the one she mentioned for for the. Uh, social services, part of social services. And, uh, she, she gave me some drawings and I, I started stitching together in Photoshop, some, some what, uh, you know, what a UI might look like. And then I, uh, I put those mockups into a program called Envision and I stitched them together into what looked like, you know, actual usable software. You can click and advance to different screens and do different things. And that was our pitch. I mean, we went out and we, we showed that and people, you know, they actually thought it was live software. They're like, wow, you guys already built this. I'm like, no, this is your pictures, but <laughs> We can build this. <laughs> so right. that, that's what built the initial excitement, you know, uh, these mock-ups. So I think Kate and I got really excited. We saw the excitement from people um, that we were pitching to. Uh, you know, at the time, this is pre-COVID, we did a lot of investor pitches and uh, mental health wasn't a big deal. People weren't really talking about it and investors didn't want anything to do with it. So we had a hard time, actually. Uh, we had a lot of interest from people who were in the field mm -hmm. uh, that understood the problem and understood, you know, what we're trying to do. But when we were trying to raise capital, um, it wasn't the easiest thing to do. We we did a lot of pitches and people just stared at us with blank, you know, kind of this blank stare, like, I don't, what are you guys trying to do? It was nothing, there was nothing sexy about it to them. And then of course the pandemic hit and the mental health became a, the number one topic for a lot of people. And a lot of investors wanted to, wanted to get on, on that. So uh, we actually got started to get a little interest there. We, we did raise some capital uh, a few years ago. We raised a seed round. Uh, was able to kind of get us to the point where we are now. So we we launched our product uh, roughly a year ago. Uh, we've got currently got about 13 clients, and we've got a a very full pipeline. So things are really starting to ramp up. Amazing. Yeah. I think for anybody listening that wants to or is on the fence about a co-founder or wondering what value a co-founder can bring, it is as simple as you are viewing here. Two people with completely complementary skills coming together with the same 
passion aligned to the same vision and those complementary skills work together to form a formidable team. And that's the whole point. I mean, quite clearly, Kate and Ken, you have completely different skill sets, completely different things about you that make this work and that there's crossover, but there's crossover on passion and vision and what you want there to be crossover yeah. on. But, yes. you know, Kate, you, you're, you're not going to be asked to do anything within vision and to think creatively about in possible. I mean, you, you'll be in the conversations about say digital marketing or marketing full stop, you know, you'll be, you'll be informed perhaps and, and consulted perhaps, but you know, that's Ken's domain and that's fine. And if it's mathematical, Kate, you're involved and that, you know, it's just, it's just quite clear to me that I think a lot of people try and do these things on their own. And like you say, Kate, I'm similar to you, you know, my, my businesses have all been uh, co-founded and, like I'm way better for it. I think having the self-awareness and humility to know what you're good at and what you're not is extremely important and not trying to think that you can learn everything or that you can do everything and that other people are perhaps better than you at some things. And it can make life a lot more enjoyable as well. I think co-founding and you guys clearly have that relationship as well, which is really nice. So tell me what the product is, what, what, what is the product today? What is it? What does it do? And, and who does it do it for? So the product is um, a software as a service. So we're 100% technology. Um, there's no um, clinicians or anything like that. So we're software as a service. And what we do is we will connect to EMRs, electronic medical records, and EHRs, electronic health records, um, and case management systems and everywhere that data lives that has information about a person in care. And we'll take that data out and just it into what is a person-centered intelligence, which basically creates a visual journey map of that person in care so that you can see where they started, where they were, you know, at their highest level of need or their, 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 the worst point in care, um, and then where they are today. And it brings it together from multiple different records so that you can get a more of a holistic picture of that person. So you can see alongside their diagnosis, you know, you can see um, also their uh, traumatic experiences. You can see their circumstances, preferences, their cultural belief systems that would influence the kinds of care that they might be interested in. Um, you can see, you know, uh, the, the best predictor of the, of the future is, is the past. So you can see their past needs because the chances are those might come up again, right? And so you can really begin to understand uh, this person as a whole person uh, with their family members too. It includes family need and you know generational trauma and things like that, um, stigma that they may be experiencing. And I think of the person as a whole person rather than as um, a specimen, which is I think how we generally treat folks in care. Uh, so that that's what it does. It, it takes the information, makes it into a journey map or what we call a story map and unifies it between different systems. And then our AI, which, of course, um, I've gotten into early on, um, our AI recognizes patterns of success. We don't we, we really try to destigmatize the field. Uh, a lot of times what will happen is that you'll the software will do risk stratification on people and label them as high risk. But that doesn't really help understand why and what to do. So instead of doing that, we do success-focused pattern recognition. We identify who has made it through the system successfully and resolve symptoms and address their needs. 
And how can we learn from that and apply that to the next person who comes in who might have a similar story to that person who was successful? And so we have what we call success-focused AI that identifies patterns of success through those journey maps or those story maps. And then when somebody comes into care, it will recognize all of the people that look like that person that have come before and make recommendations on the types of treatments, tactics, and tools that might work for that person. So interesting, right? And I just feel like it's so unique. I don't know of anything like this in the UK, but clearly this is doing incredible work in the US. I think what I like about this is there's sort of an acknowledgement, I think, here that healthcare is far more than just your classic diagnosis and treatment. And I think, you know, we can fall foul of that perhaps at medical school, perhaps how long ago I was at medical school where diseases have processes, even mental health diseases have certain diagnostic criteria. You meet those criteria, you get a diagnosis. If you meet the diagnosis, you get treatment. I think what this really is, is, is I was going to say modern, that's probably not the right word, but it's just a far more holistic acknowledgement that there is more to a person and their successful treatment than just quite literally what the drug therapy is or the talking therapy or whatever that therapy is. Taking things into account like their personal circumstances, their culture, their past experiences and needs and how all of this comes together to build what is or what the AI then builds or suggests is the right treatment plan as a whole. I think it is an incredibly innovative solution, technology, company, founders i think honestly i think this is so cool and i am so interested to learn if there is anything like this in the uk if you do think you know of something like this in the uk do let me know um and you can ping me on linkedin my details are in the description of the episode but yeah i think an awesome awesome company awesome founders really enjoyed their the conversation I had with them. So if you want to go back and listen to the full episode with Kate and Ken, you can find that number 267. And if people stop cancelling on me, you'll get some full episodes uh, of the Health Tech Podcast with some brand new people coming up in the next few weeks. So uh, yeah, go back and listen to Kate and Ken and I'll see you next week. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review and you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.